Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. In each episode, we cut through the noise to bring practical advice and macro research on today's shifting economic and market landscape. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Beyond Markets podcast, which will focus on the Q3 earnings season and especially what investors can take away from it. My name is Bernadette Anderko, and my guest today is Philip Leonhardt, who's the head of equity research here at the bank. Thanks for joining me today, Philip. It's great to be here, Bernadette. So, uh, Philip, at the time of recording, we've had around 90% of the S&P 500's market cap reporting results so far. How have companies fared? Well, the earnings season did not start particularly well, but as the season progressed, the incoming numbers started to improve. In fact, the beat rate, which means the proportion of companies that reported results above market expectations, now stands at 82%, which is comfortably above the 10-year average of 75%. And looking from another angle, aggregate third quarter earnings have surprised to the upside by 7.1% so far. So given these positive results, market consensus is now expecting third quarter earnings growth to end at plus 3.9% year-on-year, which compares to minus 0.4% year-on-year at the start of the reporting period. So as such, this would mark the first quarter of positive year-on-year earnings growth since the third quarter of 2022 and an end to the earnings recession in the U.S., Okay, good news then. And um, what about here in Europe? How have results here compared with the US? Well, in Europe, the earnings season is not as far advanced yet than in the US, but it seems likely that here it's not going to be as encouraging as in the US. Of the approximately 65% of companies that have reported so far, 52% have surprised positively on earnings. This is slightly below the historical average of 54%. The beat rate has been weak in the core countries, such as Germany and France, at 26%, but this is compensated by stronger results in the periphery countries, such as Italy and Spain. And in terms of aggregate earnings for the stock 600 index, consensus now expects a decline of 11.4% year on year. Okay, so are there any sectors that stand out? Well, in the US, the biggest drivers of the earnings beat has come from the information technology and communication sectors. And within those, it was really the mega cap companies. Not all, but the majority of them have surprised to the upside. We also see positive surprises in the consumer cyclical sector in the US, but again, here also driven by really a mega cap company. Lastly, the financial sector was also able to report results above market expectations, For example, we saw slight beats uh, for U.S. large banks, and uh, we also saw in Europe most major banks have reported better-than-expected results, broadly beating consensus at mid-single digits on usually better net interest income trends and more benign credit trends. Okay, so that's good to hear. Are there any areas which have not done so well? Well, one area that was in focus has been the industrial sector. For example, order growth there decelerated, the backlogs decreased from peak levels. So there the picture was not as good. And while profitability remained robust, most companies were no longer able to beat consensus expectations. Another area with rather weak numbers was the chemical segment. Here, we had generally softer than expected results, particularly in terms of volume growth or rather decline. 
The companies highlighted an end to destocking in some end markets, but overall the messaging was similar to the second quarter update. Companies and their customers are unwinding excess inventory built during the pandemic and the subsequent supply chain tightness. Okay, so uh, let's turn to investors now. How do you feel that they've reacted to the earnings season? Well, we observe that corporates have generally not been rewarded in terms of share price reaction. Those companies that surprised positively on third quarter earnings saw their share price increase by just over 1% on average, which compares to 1.5% on average over the last 10 years. And those that missed on earnings, on the other hand, were penalized more by investors than had been the case historically. In fact, stocks were down about 3%, while historically this has been around 2.5%. And of course, one reason lies in the guidance, and this actually was rather weak, with only one-third of the companies increasing the guidance for the full year versus a historical average of about 40%. Okay, I'm I'm glad that you mentioned guidance there, Philip, because we know that equities trade largely based on the outlook for future earnings. So the guidance for companies is actually probably more important than the figures from the last quarter. So what should investors make of this uh, weaker-than-expected guidance? Absolutely. Well, at face value, the lower proportion of companies increasing their guidance is disappointing. Uh, But we also have to keep in mind that we're approaching the end of the year, which makes it more difficult for companies to give another boost to their full-year guidance. Uh, But having said that, economic uncertainties have increased, and the messaging by companies is in line with macroeconomic data, which continues to point to an economic slowdown. Okay, so then... What does all this mean for investors in terms of our research views? Well, first, the better results out of the US, the fact that the earnings recession has ended there, is one of the reasons that we prefer US over European equities. We also keep our preference for the information technology and communication sectors, which is also reflected in our positive stance on large-cap growth stocks, and in particular, the mega-cap technology stocks. Here, actually adjusted for their growth prospects, The group trades at its cheapest relative valuation since 2017, while they are expected to resume outgrowing the rest of the S&P 500 by a wide margin in the coming years. At the same time, given the economic uncertainties, we recommend our clients to maintain a defensive tilt, which they can achieve by, for example, adding exposure to the healthcare sector or through a regional exposure to defensive markets like Switzerland. Okay, so finally, Philip, we'll shortly be preparing our outlook for 2024. Are there any areas of interest which you've been discussing with colleagues that you could perhaps give us a a sneak peek into? Yes, of course. In line with what I just mentioned before, we continue to advocate to keep a defensive tilt in our sector allocation. And one of the sectors we haven't talked about is actually utilities, and here particularly European utilities, where the recent underperformance and valuations at multi-year lows creates a compelling entry point. And then we have recently upgraded Japanese equities to overweight. In a nutshell here, the case is we see a shift from deflation to inflation, which should benefit corporates and the economy there. And secondly, the Tokyo Stock Exchange has made some important reforms, which should result in better governance, efficiencies and valuations. And lastly, more in terms of fund flows, we expect both foreigners and locals to really give tailwind to asset prices in Japan. Okay, well, I think we've covered the main areas, Philip, but is there anything else that you'd like to add? 
Well, one last thing I would like to mention is that we're quite confident that the equity markets will continue to move higher into year end. First, seasonal patterns support the case for this year-end rally. Secondly, particularly equities in the U.S. should benefit from the earnings growth inflection point discussed earlier. And lastly, interest rates, which we haven't discussed, should have finally peaked and should no longer present a potential headwind for equities. Great. Thank you very much, Philip, for sharing your thoughts with us today. Thank you, Bernadette, for having me. And with that, we conclude this edition of the Beyond Markets podcast. Thanks again to Philip for taking the time to speak to me today. And thank you all for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation and that you'll join us again soon. Please leave us a review on whichever platform you choose to listen to us. We're always keen to hear your views. Goodbye for now. Get ready for the day ahead. Moving Markets is a daily market news briefing from Julius Baer's leading experts. You'll hear all about the latest ups and downs across asset classes, the underlying drivers, and our thoughts on where markets are heading. Search for Moving Markets on your favourite podcast player. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. This is a podcast disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. The podcast content is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer, a recommendation or an invitation by or on behalf of Julius Baer to buy or sell any securities, security-based derivatives or other products or to participate in any particular trading strategy in any jurisdiction. Julius Baer does not accept liability for any loss arising from the use of the podcast content. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.